Welcome to Yahoo Finance presents a special here from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We're at the uh, Federal Reserve's Economic Symposium here with World Bank President David Malpass. President Malpass, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Very good to see you, Brian. So uh, we just heard from Jay Powell earlier this morning. He made a pretty harsh speech just talking about how dedicated the Fed is to quelling inflation. Uh, wondering if you have any thoughts on that speech and just kind of what the broad takeaways were, were for you. I think the central banks have to really focus on inflation, so that's good. And it's not easy to get out of inflation. So I think that's the context of the speech. And it's going to, you know, what everyone's talking about is how long is that going to take? Uh, and uh, I, th I think it depends really on the measures uh, that are taken elsewhere outside of the central bank. Plus, the central bank itself has multiple tools uh, to deal with inflation. And so those, those are all going to be important as we go forward. Now, I think the one concern that people are reading from that speech is that, well, not just the Federal Reserve, but other central banks that are tightening as well might be tightening into a recession because higher interest rates and higher borrowing costs may have the effect of actually overdoing it on tightening economic policy or economic activity. Wondering if that, from a global view, right, you're at the World Bank, is something that you think about with regards to other countries also experiencing high inflation. I don't set interest rates. And in, in the developing world, uh, there is this huge challenge that they've borrowed a lot, quite a bit in dollar terms or in euro terms. And then as the interest rates go up, it uh, raises their debt service costs. So this is something that's being dealt with uh, globally. I think also we need to think about the prices for all sorts of items. It's not just interest rates. It's, uh, it's energy prices. Natural gas is vital to the whole food chain because it goes into fertilizer, it goes into food. Uh, and so the shortage of natural gas is causing severe restrictions in the developing countries. The advanced economies are able to pay more for money and to uh, pay more for things like natural gas. And so that's leaving a lot of the developing countries short. There's not a lot of supply coming on stream. That's an excellent point that you bring up there because it kind of illustrates the importance to the global picture of getting this inflation under control because it's having a lot of those nasty uh, rip, rip, uh, ripple effects onto those other countries. Do you think that the central banks are in a place right now where they can wrangle that? Because, again, a lot of, I'm sure, developing economies are also watching that because their food and, and energy prices and, and other goods and services are also hinging on that as well. I think they can help. A lot of the supply side gains that need to be made need to come out of both fiscal policy, regulatory policy, which needs a lot more discussion in order to help create more supply. The central banks can do some on that. Through, they're, they're a major financial regulator. Uh, and so that means you, you could have uh, regulatory policies that help small businesses, for example, rather than the current policies, which are very much aimed at bond sales by big governments and big corporations. So that's one kind of uh, supply change uh, that could that could help. I think also the, the, the direct ownership of bonds by central banks focuses capital toward bigness. Uh, and there needs to be some rethinking of that. Is that really in the interest of the recovery? Mm. So uh, just to kind of, I mean, there's so many things to unpack here, but on the debt servicing thing, which you just mentioned two questions ago, that's something that I imagine a lot of these developing countries who are in a position which, by the way, they're still dealing with a pandemic, it might constrain future fiscal policies for them that can alleviate whatever they're experiencing in those countries. So from the World Bank's perspective, how are you working with the countries that are the debtors and then also the ones that are taking out debt to make sure that the rising interest rates don't create really undue burden for them? 
Absolutely. These are severe problems. So we work directly with the countries to try to find debt restructurings. In the case of countries that have excess of debt, debt restructurings that benefit the people of the countries, that's been hard for the international system to really come up with as far as an approach. And then in, in countries that are not yet at debt distress, uh, try to find ways that they have, uh, that they use the fiscal, uh, uh, the government uh, uh, capabilities as best they can. And so that's a, that's, that's a dialogue with the countries to try to find the most productive ways to use money. Uh, but you know, that's going on in the advanced economies as well. We have this very uh, un, unbalanced global system. I've, I've called it that we're, we've uh, uh, gone into uncharted territory in terms of the size of the fiscal deficits and the amount of the national debts. And then we have to keep in mind that anytime a, one of the advanced country is borrowing, it's taking money out of the global capital supply. So they, they, they need to be using that money as well as they can. And I have to say it's not, not, not at that spot right now. So as a follow-up to that, do you feel like the advanced nations are spending too much right now? We just saw a major package in, in the form of the Inflation Reduction Act passed here in the United States. Is that concern you because it might be crowding out capital from other places around the world? Yes, it concerns. And we've seen it in the debt uh, data. There was a pr good presentation this morning by Valerie Ramey uh, about, the, about the differences in the uh, huge run-up in debt that's gone on both in the great financial crisis and in the uh, in the COVID pandemic, uh, and so she's got a graph showing the the magnitude of that increase, uh, and then it's an upward ratchet. It's always government ends up getting bigger through the crisis. So I think these have to be directly discussed. Augustin Karstens just mm -hmm. gave a speech at lunch uh, that was on that topic of how do, how do you get uh, policymakers at the top level uh, to really focus on the need for their, there has to be restraints on their spending that leads to better supply within the economy rather than constantly uh, uh, boosting demand. So this kind of overall paints a picture where the, it's the haves and the haves not, have nots. The advanced economies who have the ability to spend and maybe absorb some of the uh, shock of all of these uh, exogenous economic factors that we find ourselves in can do that, but the more developing countries cannot do that. So let's talk about inequality. Where do you see the picture of inequality post-pandemic, but now also post-great inflation or whatever you want to call it, the global phenomenon we're finding ourselves in now? It, these are huge concerns because when there's inequality, then people do things that uh, they, they, they become desperate. The bottom end of the income scale, it's not just in the develop, in the poorer countries, even in the advanced economies, they get uh, locked out. Uh, and that means locked out of education. There was some discussion of the importance this morning, uh, a discussion in the, in the conference about the importance of education and the backsliding that's going on in the education number. This is an area that the World Bank is very involved in and very concerned about because it's the future of world growth uh, that's getting shortchanged now. Um, so the inequality comes from uh, this uh, allocation of capital to uh, parts of the global economy that already have enough capital. So we have a system set up patently to push more money into people that already have huge amounts of money. That's both through the fiscal policy and through the monetary policy. So I think these have to be re-looked at in order to get more productivity growth. Poverty, that's something that the World Bank looks very closely at. All the things that we've talked about seem to point to 
an exacerbation of that poverty, especially with the food aspect of it. The UN World Food Program flagging this as a major issue with prices going up across the board. What is the World Bank doing about it? Yeah, huge problem. We have some new numbers that will be coming out over the next month showing that, that rise in poverty. Uh, we want to have better food systems, so we're working directly with countries to try to improve their systems. We're talking with the advanced economies. One of the critical variables for the world is to produce more natural gas uh, because it goes into the food chain, and that's so vital for the uh, for the uh, uh, people, poor people, wherever they are in the world, uh, and so that's that's one aspect. In the countries themselves, uh, you can try to deal with the climate changes that are going on. That means farmers being educated about what they can do to to survive droughts uh, and to survive survive uh, floods, uh, you, you know, excess and and shortages of water, which are which are frequent uh, within the world. So we're we're working really. A, a holistically with countries on what they can do to uh, to to respond to the current crises but then I think also in the thrust of the conference that's going on today is how do you break out of that uh, downward cycle that's going on in the world and then the last question here what is the one thing that keeps you up at night you have such a global perspective on everything what are you most worried about right now in August 2022 you, an immediate problem is the outflow of capital from the poorest countries. The, the, their currencies are deteriorating and the new investment has really stalled and there's the outflow of capital and it's being drawn in. The capital is being drawn in by the policies of the advanced countries. So we have this uh, inherent instability going on that's worrisome from a standpoint of refugees, of people having to move from their homes because there's no jobs, no education. Uh, and so that does keep me up. And we try to get countries to do better policies, the developing countries, but I think a huge amount of the burden has to be with the advanced economies. Do you worry about any, sorry, bonus question, do you worry about any of those countries collapsing? off of that point? Well, there's a series of countries that are on unsustainable debt levels, uh, and they are collapsing in the sense that their international reserves are flowing out and their inflation rates are going sky high. As their currencies depreciate, uh, it's going to show up in higher prices, uh, which hit the poor the hardest. It keeps me up at night. A big warning from World Bank President David Malpass here in Jackson Hole. Thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brian.